All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sam's DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, November 2nd of 2022. Got a 10 game NBA slate lined up for tonight. Looking forward to it. Love the NBA grind myself. If you are new here, welcome. This is a show where we walk through how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not a member of our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Also, if you are new to Saber Sim and just stumbled upon this show, there's a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial down below in the description as well. Always recommend getting signed up and getting in on the action and getting your questions in for this show. If uh, you are just here and have questions that you're just thinking about at the moment, get them in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the YouTube questions after we get to all of the questions in the Office Hours channel in Discord. But that being said, wanted to kick it off with a reminder. There was some excitement from a user in the channel saying that you know they didn't realize that we were on tune in the tune in podcast and i just wanted to give everyone a quick reminder that we are on all major podcast platforms that includes spotify apple music amazon google podcast stitcher pocket casts i know like some of those sites send it out to other platforms as well so if you're looking for us you can find us on youtube find us on all major podcast platforms that includes office hours that also includes behind the sims so just a little reminder for everybody there that we try and bring you this content in all uh ways try not to hide it from anybody want to give you guys as much access to it as we possibly can so want to start off with that reminder Also wanted to touch on something that came up yesterday. So Rich Riley was saying like, you know, I wish that um, you guys had like a contest selection video for FanDuel. And I was able to find that on our YouTube. Our YouTube database for office hours is pretty huge at this point. But, you know, just, just in case anybody's ever wondering, you guys can go to our YouTube channel. I'll give you guys a demo right now so you know rich was asking about uh fanduel lobby contest selection so all i did was i went to our playlists and i went down to office hours so i just hit you know uh view full playlist and or actually you know you could do this even from just our channel in general so if you're on you know the saber sim channel in on youtube you can go to the search bar all i did was i typed in lobby And just give it like a very generic kind of term with a keyword of what you're looking for. You know, Rich was looking for FanDuel lobby kind of walkthrough about how to apply the DFS profit plan. And all I did was search lobby. This awesome video from Jordan popped up. DFS Q&A, how should you use the contest selection profit plan on FanDuel MLB? It was MLB, but it's still FanDuel, still kind of gives you an idea about how he kind of walks through the lobby. So, you know, just a reminder that you can always come into our YouTube, type in a keyword and see what pops up. And then if you go into any video, all of the videos are timestamped with the different subjects. That way you don't have to search around. Just jump into the description and you will be able to see uh, 
the segments that you're looking for and only watch the content that is relevant to the questions you have. So just a couple of reminders there on our content overall. But that being said, we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled office hours. Not a ton of questions today. So if you have questions, get them in now. That way we can keep the stream rolling. But we're going to get kicked off today with a question here from GM33 in the Discord. This is our only Discord question. I see Demetrius is already getting us kicked off with questions in the YouTube chat. Thank you, Demetrius. And we will jump right over to that once we are through here. So GM33 said, let me get Saberson pulled up. If I run a GPP build for 20 max on DraftKings with no step one adjustments, how confident would you be in playing lineups from the bottom of the pool? Sometimes min uniques and playing with min slash max exposures gets me pretty far down into the deep end. Okay, I think this is a really good question, especially with you know a lot of the new features we've been having uh, released. So I'm going to just get a couple builds, uh, get a build ran right here. So we're going to get you know, 500 lineups really quick. This is, you know, no adjustments. Uh, we're just going to make two changes to meet the DraftKings guidelines, and we're going to get it kicked off from there. So going to make two quick adjustments here. Going to be able to view our lineups. And, you know, now we're in the post build, focusing on risk management, focusing on uh, many unique players, making, t- trying to, decrease the inter lineup correlation in our portfolio so uh gm33 you know one thing that we've been suggesting is that when you are using this menu unique players you know scroll down to the bottom and always always kind of see what the bottom rank lineup is which it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing so what we've been pretty much uh comfortable like suggesting users do is stay try and stay in the top 25 to like 50 percent of lineups in your pool i think that rule applies even when you are making adjustments you know you said like you know step one no adjustments run some builds how deep in my pool should i go so you know just like a a refresher you know all the lineups are built using the sims and then they are graded by saber score or you know we also have these new awesome percentile features but you know the lineups are built and then they're graded so we so obviously the lineups that are higher in the pool, Saber score likes more than the lineups that are lower than the pool. So you don't want to get too many of those bottom lineups into your pool. We recommend staying in the top 25 to 50%. I would say if you know you are making changes and you realize that you're kind of getting really far into the pool, first thing I would do is I would come in here to the build screen. And if you built a pool of 500, I would increase this to the max of 1500 that way you get three times as many lineups you might not have to go as far into your pool to get the exposures and the amount of min uniques that you want so you know if you're if you find yourself at the bottom of the pool very often that's the first step i would do increase pool size if there are specific players that you like that sabersim is not giving you which is causing you to have to go down far into the pool to get exposure to those players. Second thing I would do is that if you notice it's a problem, what I would do after increasing my pool size is the players that you have in mind that SaberSim is just not, you and SaberSim kind of disagree on about a player's upside or you know how good they are of a play on this slate. 
go in and increase their projection. You know, give them like a 10% projection bump, run another build, see if that boosts the number of lineups toward the top with that player in it. You're basically telling SaberSim that you value this player more than SaberSim does, and you're giving SaberSim that input and letting it work it into the build. And I would try those two things. I think that some combination of that should get you, one, the players you want, and two, be able to use min uniques in the top 25 to 50% while staying in the top 25 to 50% of your lineup pool. So give that a shot. Let me know if you have any more questions on the topic. All right. Going to hop over to YouTube chat. Keep the questions coming in, everybody, and we can keep the stream rolling. But got this question here from Demetrius. Said, what is your process for MLB Showdown? Okay, I think this is a really good question. You know, we got the World Series. The World Series has been really exciting. I will say that I am not playing MLB Showdown at the moment. Pretty busy with NFL, NBA, and all of the awesome stuff we're doing behind the scenes. But, you know, let's talk about MLB Showdown. I think it's I think it's really interesting. I would say, you know, one thing that I think is really important is don't be afraid to get two relief pitchers. I would say that, you know, especially in the playoffs, especially in these these series that pitchers tend to have a shorter leash. We didn't see that with Lance McCullers yesterday. They, they left him in a long time, gave up a lot of runs, but, you know, every game matters, every run matters. So pitchers tend to have a shorter leash and more pitchers tend to be used this is subjective anecdotal. I don't know if this is actually true, but it seems that, you know, pitchers have a short release pitch counts are usually lower and uh, players don't get stretched out as much. So a lot more pitchers end up getting used and you could really take some shots on some relief guys and find some, find some big value. I mean, I know that when you are hand building, like on your phone, imagine, you know, you're, you're not using an optimizer. You're just building lineups on your phone. So, the way that DraftKings works is, you know, show me probable players, right? So that's like usually toggled on, on the, on your phone. And you won't even see the relief pitchers unless you go in and uncheck that box. So I, I don't, I honestly don't think a lot of people are doing that who are hand building. So working in some of these relief pitchers, some of these guys that have a really good chance of coming in and getting some innings is a, big advantage that I would take advantage of. I would, you know, go back and see who has pitched, who hasn't pitched. I know that there are some good websites that kind of give you this information. There are uh, bullpen usage uh, websites. I know Jordan, this is something Jordan has talked about in the past. It'll, um, you know, if you do like a, if you do like a Google search, I'm sure you can find a good website that kind of tells you like, you know, who is in somebody's bullpen and when's the last time this player pitched. There is some content on like our uh, baseball playlist where Jordan kind of mentions some of these websites. So I'll see if I can dig that up and um, I can mention it on tomorrow's stream. So I'm just going to make a note for myself, bullpen usage website, because I bet you if I asked him, he would know it right off of the bat. So I think, I think that's like a good way to, to gain edge is, you know, find out who's pitched, who's likely to pitch, uh, some things like that. I think our model does a really good job of accounting for pitch, pitch count adjustments. So 
th- those are my thoughts there. I think I think there's definitely an angle to be played with relief pitchers in particular. I think it helps you to avoid duplication. And you know, if, if you got a guy who comes in and pitches two or three innings and gets you know three strikeouts, like that's a lot of points in in a, in the showdown. So uh, th- those are some tips and advice for MLB showdown. I think that if you were to go to our YouTube channel and I'm going to go looking really quickly to see if we could find anything there. So, okay. We, we do have some content on MLB showdown. I thought we did, but if you go to, if you go to Saber Sim on YouTube, you go to playlists, go to MLB DFS. We have this video, how to beat MLB DFS showdown contests. It looks like Jordan did a video with Chris. Chris is a member of the SaberSim team, and they talked about playing MLB showdowns. I would recommend checking this out. They probably go into a lot more detail. It's an hour-long video, and I know that they both of these uh, members of the team tend to frequent the MLB showdown contest lobby more, more than I do. So those are my thoughts there on showdown and we are going to continue. Let me get Saberson pulled back up here. I'm going to hit this question from RF. RF said, I am brand new to Saberson. Need help. Are the player projections on the Saberson website, DraftKing projections or Saberson projections, followed by any player can probably pick three players that can acquire 30 average apiece by their gut. Can Saberson find the diamonds in the rough? Okay, good question, RF. So first things first. So, you know, just high-level overview. So we're going to go to NBA for tonight and just kind of talk about NBA. So all of the projections that you see in the app, they all come from our simulation database. What is our simulation database? So if you are to click on any player, you are going to see a range of outcomes for this player. What this represents is their game outcomes, the points that they score, in our simulations, our simulation database of thousands and thousands of sims. We simulate the games, the players score points, we summarize that, and we use this information to build lineups. We also have these correlation values, which show how likely one player doing good is going to impact another player doing good. So when Luca does good, um, Luca is positively correlated to Nikhil Alexander Walker. So it's like the better Luca does, usually the better this player does. And it's probably because they're trading shots back and forth, you know, high scoring game, high pace, things like that. When Luca is doing good, and that means he's shooting the ball, that means he's scoring points. That means probably less opportunities for Spencer Dinwiddie here. And you can see that Spencer Dinwiddie negatively correlated to Luka Doncic. So, you know, just some summarized data from our stat, from our sims there. We also have these percentiles. It basically just shows that, you know, a, a 95th percentile basically means that, you know, this my projection is the average score that Luca gets in the entire sim database. This 95th percentile is basically saying, hey, you know, 5% of the time, Luca meets or exceeds 81.5 points. And that's basically like his upside outcomes, his higher range of what he can what he scores in our in our simulations. So that's like an overview of the projections. 
and where they come from. We are not pulling in DraftKings projections. And then, you know, to your to your second point here, you know, any player can probably pick three players that can acquire 30 average a piece by their gut. Can Saberson find the diamonds in the rough? So, you know, what I will say is that we are not optimizing for average scores is the first and most important thing. So Saberson is not a traditional optimizer. The way we build lineups, you know, if you, if you, you know, use like a different optimizer than what it's usually trying to do is solve a knapsack problem, try and pack in as many projected points as it can. We are randomly sampling our SIM database and looking and building lineups based on the sims that we pull and constructing lineups that take into account the three major components of daily fantasy sports which is correlation how well or how negative a player is correlated to other players in their lineup ownership which is how much we predict the field is going to roster a player and we have this third slider here called sim diversity Sim diversity, in a nutshell, is the lower it is, the less players you're going to have in your player pool and the more highly exposed you are going to be to certain players. The higher sim diversity, the more spread out your player pool is going to be and the less exposure you're going to have to specific players. So sim diversity really takes into account is trying to manage... um, correlation between your lineups and the high just understand like the higher it is the more players you'll have the less exposure you will have to certain players and the lower it is your player pool is going to be more condensed and as a result of that you're going to have higher exposure to what saberson perceives to be the best plays so i can tell you that you know when we run sims and we build your lineups that we are not when when we look at correlation we use upside correlation so what that means is that we mostly care about the correlation we don't care about a player's correlation when they do poorly who they're correlated to we only care about the correlation of players when they are getting those 95th percentile outcomes when they are scoring really high then who are they correlated with and that is something that we weight higher so our sim database gives us a really good starting point and is very, very strong when it comes to finding those diamonds in the rough as you called them. So, you know, not a knapsack problem using a range of outcomes, using real game simulations in our database and not just solving for projected points. So, you know, if you're new, welcome, get into the app, try it out. If you have more questions, this is the place to be. You can always ask questions in the Discord. A lot of smart, sharp people in there always willing to help out, including the Saber Sim team. All right. Got this next question here from Aaron. This is our last question, everybody. Highly encourage you guys to continue to get questions in the chat if you want to keep the stream going today. So next question from Aaron. When you update projections, if we already have a player pool slash lineups, Will they be updated and resorted, or do we need to run new sims every time the projections have been updated? Okay, so this is a good question. So I am going to really quickly go over to our Discord, and we had a recent um, release. So 
as as a part of this release. So so what used to happen is you used to do a build, right? Like we did this build about 15 minutes ago. If Sims had run between now and when I ran the build, what would happen is when we would go from the home screen into the build, the latest simulation data would be detected by this previous build and the lineups would be resorted based on the new projections, the new ownership, whatever it may be. So what you would have what you would have had to do was come in here and click back to the previous file, click back to the last saved lineup that you left. Now, as a part of this new release that went live, it looks like Monday. So I'm just going to read it really quickly. It says, we've implemented a number of other performance improvements that will make the app much faster and more responsive, particularly when switching between multiple build tabs. As part of this update, your latest lineup set is auto-selected when you switch back to an old build. So what this means is that if lineups have already run, if you already ran lineups, you leave, you come back in 30 minutes, even if Sims have updated, we are going to select the last saved lineups that you had. So, so the answer to your question now is no. The lineups are not going to um, change. It's going to be the exact same way you left it. So that's that's my understanding of how it works. So, you know, you, you're not at jeopardy of like your lineup set uh, being adjusted without you knowing or coming in and looking at something different from what you had left. So that's the answer there. Okay. Question here from Uncrabby Cabby said, Hey, Andrew, can you show how you would flip a build that would put you on a different roster construction build path? Okay, can you show how you would flip a build that would put you on a different roster construction build path? Okay, Cabby, can you tell me what sport you are talking about and what contest type? Is this a showdown? Is this a classic? Is this, you know, NBA? Is it NFL? If you could give me a little more context, that would help me, but I'm happy to do a demo and, and talk about roster construction, I think. Roster construction is is a very important concept. So happy to talk about that. You know, while I wait for that information to come in, there's been a couple of questions that have been coming in in support. Just wanted to demo this for everybody. So, you know, we used to have, if you go to our stack rules, under stack, we had we had at least, we had exactly, and we used to have this no more than option. We took the no more than option away because when you would do a stack roll, it's it's more telling the builder how many people to put into your lineup as opposed to telling the builder how many people not to put into your lineup. It was kind of like uh, just, just the application was just a little funky. So we removed it from the stacking rules. If you want to include a rule that says, you know, give me no more than three players from a team. Instead of doing that in the stack rules, go over to the group rules, do an automatic group, and then say use. Here you'll have the no more than, and then you can click three, move primary players up to three, and then group by team. So, and then just leave all of the positions checked. 
this will make sure that no more than three players from a team go into your lineup. So, you know, it used to be in the stack. It's basically moved to the group. It's a lot more effective this way and works as intended. So I would recommend if you want to do a rule like this, maybe you want to do it for the game. Maybe you just want to do it for the team, you know, use it in the group automatic and, you know, you can add stat requirements. You know, if you want to say like, uh, use no more than three players from a team whose point projections are over 30 or something like that. So I think that, you know, I just wanted to do this demo, been coming in a little bit in support, want to make sure that everybody knew about the change there. Okay. Aaron said, perfect, thanks. Happy to answer your question there. Followed by another question. Is it recommended to leave early players in and run the build and then remove players or go ahead and remove any players you want out before running a build? Okay, good question. So, Aaron, if, you know, you decide that you just, you know, for, for whatever reason, like, you know what, I'm just not playing Paul George tonight. You know, I don't want to see him in my lineups. I don't want to be burned by him. You know, what, whatever reason that is, if, if you have those strong opinions, tell the builder those things in the home screen before running your lineups. You're going to have more lineups that look like what you want them to look like in step three rather than waiting till step three, going into your build, realizing you have way more Paul George than you want. You're going to, you know, set his max exposure to zero, and then you're going to get a bunch of lineups that are lower in your pool that end up having lower Sabre scores. So, you know, if you have those like convictions, you know, positive or negative, I think it's better to work those things into the app in step one as a builder input and then build your lineups. I think you'll be a lot more comfortable with what you're seeing on the other side rather than being frustrated and having to start over. So that's my advice there. Looks like we got some more information from crap from uncrabby cabby said for NBA, for example, if you're determining that the field is paying up at the center position, how would you go about paying down at center and building that way? Okay. Gotcha. So usually this tends to happen when you have like a value play on the slate. So, you know, if we're looking here, I see that Davon Mitchell is the highest value player I'm assuming this means De'Aaron Fox is out because he got injured the other day. We can go and check. So, yeah, De'Aaron Fox is out. I remember that uh, Mitchell started the second half for Fox the other day when he went down with the knee injury. So this seems like the big value play. So, you know, oftentimes it's a combination of where is the value? I like to ask, you know, why is so-and-so the value? And then three, where are the highest projected points? Because that tells you, you know, what what kind of roster. Those give you like the first steps as to most common roster constructions you're going to see. So, you know, people will probably pay down at the guard position. And then we're going to sort by projection. And, you know, it might be a combination of Luca at the point guard with Davon Mitchell at the shooting guard position and you know, you can kind of get some hints as to like what kind of constructions you're going to see. What, what I like to do is I like to run some research builds. So, you know, let's, let's, let's just use this build. We already ran. And what you can do is you can filter for, so, you know, we're getting a ton of Mitchell in our 20 lineups. 
So what you can do is, you know, go and go run some builds, go and look at the lineups that the value play is in. And if you hit the highlight button, the little magnifying glass, you can see the players that are in the lineups, like the exposures will adjust for the filter that you have. So, you know, you see that if I uncheck him, Julius Randle is in 19 lineups. And then if I check Davion Mitchell, Julius Randle is in 17 of the 18 lineups that Mitchell is in. So like you can kind of see where the combinations are and how that's going to work. I think a better way to do this, just thinking out loud is to do it as a cash cash build. So, you know, set the sliders to zero, 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 which will only use the mean projection and run lineups like this. So you kind of already identified the value play. We know who the big payup options are, Doncic and Giannis, and we're going to set the sliders to mimic a traditional optimizer, optimize for projected points, and we're going to see what the outputs are. So, you know, cash builds running a little slow here. I will say that if you're going to do this approach, when the lineups do come up, I would recommend sorting by projected points. So the lineups are sorted by Sabres score by default. So it's just something that you have to go in and change. So we got 21 lineups. That'll be good enough for what we're attempting to do here. Going to make some changes so we can see our lineups. And I'm going to come over here and sort by projected score. And I want to hit the magnifying glass and filter for lineups that have Mitchell in it. So we're seeing a lot of Julius Randle, a lot of Scotty, Scotty Barnes, a lot of Zach Collins. Zach Collins looks like another value play. So I would probably look into why he's a value play and, you know, just kind of make sure you're okay with the value plays that you're getting. I say is like the number one thing. Um, you know, sometimes it's not like super clear why the value's there. They just match up well point per dollar. And I don't always love that. So I would say, you know, okay, you can see that common construction is these four players together and you can kind of get an idea of what, what a traditional optimizer is going to do, trying to pack in as many projected points as possible, especially since we are sorting by projected score. So I think this is a great step to kind of try and figure and, you know, take the initial step and figure out what a traditional optimizer is going to do, what kind of players are going to be used together a lot in these like combinatorial uh, ways. So on Krabby Cabby, let me know if you have any more questions, but I think that this is a great step to try and accomplish what you're trying to do. So let me know if you have any follow-up there. Happy to talk about it. Not something I do. I think it's a great use case and uh, glad we were able to figure that out on stream today. Okay, got a question here from John Stanger and John said for that case, I think adding a rule for a low salary center would get you on different construction builds. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would just like, I, I guess I would just be careful, especially for basketball. You know, it's, it's kind of like, okay, you know, so-and-so is, is a really good play today. And, I think it's okay to flip a construction on its head. I just don't know if you should just like bluntly do that because they're what what is what is to say that they are a bad play. 
And if you want some advice on how to determine that, I would run a research build and, you know, set your sliders to 0010, you know, run, we'll run um, 1500 lineups to get a, to get a bigger sample and then kind of go from there. I think that you should try and do some research to kind of figure out if the ownership is warranted or not before making those really blunt and aggressive decisions about your stack constructions. I I hate to do things like blindly or without good reason. So like at this point, I haven't determined if Luca or Jonas are good plays in, in my own opinion. So to just, to just come in here and do that, like right off the bat, I think is probably a little aggressive. And instead what I would do is I would, I would come in here and I would, I would try and figure out, you know, how much the builder likes these plays in particular. So, you know, we ran 1500 lineups, no correlation, no ownership, you know, taking single slate, single, uh, slate samples from the builder. And it, it looks like we like these plays just about as much as their ownership is. So, you know, I think it's more important to kind of be aware of, you know, one, who are the highest projected players and how do they match up, you know, in the Sims? What are the Sims telling you about how good of a play they are? And we're just like basically right about, you know, where, what ownership is. And we prefer to have leverage on some of these other plays like Julius Randle and Paul George and guys that we think are bad plays are, you know, Kevin Herter. And we think maybe we think Mitchell's, uh, ownership is a little high for how often he comes in optimal in this 1500 sample from, from the SIM database. So I think, you know, running some research builds, running your cash build that we just talked about, trying to identify who has a better chance to be optimal, who's going to be used together can help you draw these conclusions. And all I'm saying is like to just kind of, be cautious, have good reasons for doing what you're doing. I think it's totally okay to do that. And, you know, if you're just, um, have decided like so-and-so is just a really bad play, you know, you could do something as aggressive as John is saying, as say, you know, set a rule saying, you know, group rule, use at least one. And, you know, if it is a center, you know, set this to center and say, you know, use at least one center that, is you know less than six thousand salary like that that is an option it's a very aggressive option but you know if if that's your style then that's okay and if you have good reasons for those convictions then i think it's totally okay to do that but you know just do your homework do your research make well-informed decisions is is all i'm gonna say on the topic so i'll stop i'll get off my soapbox but all right john said i'm gonna start using that to look at the higher owned combinations yeah no i think that's like an awesome tool and, you know, not something that I, I was using uh, in my process, but, you know, we just kind of found found that one out right now on stream. Um, I'm sure some people already do it. I think it's a pretty neat way to figure out what a traditional optimizer is doing, you know, who they are packing into their lineups to try and figure that out. Uh, I see Uncrabby Cabby said, great, thanks. You know, happy to answer your guys' questions, any and all questions. But that being said, that is our last question for the day we've had a couple of good streams to kick it off 
this week. So, you know, everybody, good luck in your contest today. We will be right back tomorrow. Got an NFL showdown slate. Got some more NBA. Probably got some hockey. So, you know, continues to be a great time of the year to play DFS. Looking forward to, you know, got some of the holiday slates coming up. Those are always fun. If you're not joined up with SaberSim, there's a link in the description to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Get in on the action. Get into the Discord and start having awesome conversations and building great lineups. So that being said, everybody, I will see you tomorrow. Take care.